Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, let's get started. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bugger Off Bug Bomb, buggeroffbomb.com. Order yours now before you go on summer vacation, especially if you're dreading the mosquitoes and bug bites this time of year. Bugger Off Bug Repellent really, really works, and it smells clean and fresh and won't stain your clothes. It's DEET-free, kind to humans in the environment, contains two key ingredients for fighting pesky bugs and other creepy crawlies, eucalyptus and citronella is in there. It also contains non-GMO soybean oil, beeswax, thyme, rosemary, cedarwood, geranium, and basil and essential oils keeps the bugs away and goes great on a sandwich i'm kidding about the sandwich of course just 10.95 at buggeroffbomb.com but use our promo code bobc for 15 percent off your order support this show by supporting bugger off bomb and stay bug free all summer long just like me buggeroffbomb.com or just click the link on the podcast page and now let the cartoons begin Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Get a good evening. This past Wednesday night, Bill Clinton and Al Gore, with the help of 234 members of the House of Representatives, perpetrated the most monstrous assault on the God-fearing, working men and women of this country since the, since the hula hoop. Hula hoop was a big waste of time, round and round. Who gives a damn? November 1994, there's going to be 234 surprise congressmen getting the other end of the stick. I'm, th I'm talking a sharp stick, and we're going to stick them where they live, see? <laughs> you catch my drift? Do you see where I'm going? You see what I'm saying here? See, they're going to be at the square dance, and they're not going to have any partners. You understand me? There's a congressional election in 1994, and we are going to get rid of the congressmen who voted for NAFTA. Do you understand? Do you have any idea what I'm saying? My lips are moving, but you don't hear a damn thing. Now, can I finish? Can I finish? You're going to interrupt me. Can I finish? You're going to interrupt me. You see that? That was the work of pro-NAFTA saboteurs and their Cuban mafia agents. That's right. Those are the same people who have a price on my head. Don't you find it fascinating that 30 years to the day that John Kennedy was shot in Dallas, I'm the target of a Cuban mafia conspiracy? You catch my drift? Oh, are you following me? You're not listening. Can I finish? You catch my drift? You're not listening. Can I finish? Catch my drift? You're not listening. Can I finish? This has been a paid broadcast by United We Stand America. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. I think we should get started here. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, July 9, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap in the world. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. What's happening? Hello, Bob. Hi, day 901. 901 days of the Trump crisis. Yay for us. Day 63 of the constitutional crisis, 483 days until the 2020 presidential election. And right over there, it's my friend Buzz Burbank, back from vacation. Hi, Buzz. 
Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Oh, man, Hello. it's good to be back. And I'm sorry. My first day back, I didn't want to be late. I was at the airport, and I ran into George Washington. Oh. You too? Yeah. Yeah, he's still, he's still flying out of national after all these years, even though Dulles is so much closer to Mount Vernon. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> We're worried about Joe Biden making gaffes, and we got a guy who thinks Ben Franklin flew business class. Is this... Is this where we are? It's terrifying. It's a happy time, though, Bob. Okay. Uh, Melania, Melania is redecorating the mm-hmm. White House. Sure. Uh, gonna gonna wallpaper the East Room with subpoenas. <laughs> Perfect use for them. <laughs> there, yeah, because they're worthless otherwise, right? I mean, yeah. a, a, new, a good new slogan, I think, for the show would be more powerful than a congressional subpoena. That would be. Jesus. It's, it's all right. Ivanka Trump is not scheduled to appear on the show today, but that's never stopped her before. Mm-hmm. She's going to wedge herself in somehow. Always does. Uh, it's great. It's great to be back. I'll, I'll stop there. Okay. Well, good, good. <laughs> Enough jokes already. We have to get to the yeah. depressing shit. So there's- oh, my God. Yeah. No, I was thinking about this. I yeah. I, don't, I don't sound like it, but I was a little down again this morning. You no, know, really? Feeling a little... Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it, it why does... would that be? I mean, is there anything for us to feel down about? I don't because know. It, because it feels hopeless, Bob. Yeah, because it feels hopeless. But I, I do, seriously, I want to wish you I have so much to catch up on because I was gone. Uh, first of all, a happy birthday to you. Oh, thank I, you. Yeah, coming I, up. Coming I, up right around I, the corner. I, I could be your first Marilyn. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Uh, congratulations on having your constitutional rights violated by Trump. Yes. Uh, on, t- on Twitter because he blocked you. Yep. And, happy uh, birthday to me. Today. Oh, wait. He judge- did, uh, maybe you. He didn't block me yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh, he didn't? Oh, no. I thought. Oh, no, no. I'm not blocked either. Well, clearly neither of us are trying hard enough. <laughs> I know. We really need to work harder to get ourselves blocked. I just, we really haven't been. Like, we got to lean in. I think we got to lean into the insult. Trump is crazy. And then the other catch up is uh, I, I agree with you on Seinfeld. I, yeah. I mean, I, I should probably go back and watch it again, but as I recall, it was brilliant, and uh, people who don't like it are just cranky. Yeah, well, you know, um, let, let me clarify something about that. Let me say a thing or two about uh, what I right. posted on Facebook about Seinfeld. I, you know, the other day was Seinfeld's 30th anniversary. It was the 30th right, anniversary. Right. It seems ridiculous that it's been 30 years since Seinfeld first went on the air, mm-hmm. and I posted something along those lines, and in fact, I quote-tweeted Jason Alexander, who said right, something about right. it. And I said, oh, happy uh, 30th anniversary to Seinfeld, yeah. one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. I tagged Larry Charles, who I know and I've had on the show before. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was a big uh, creative force behind that show and some of the classic episodes. And underneath, I couldn't believe. I mean, it was such an innocuous post, right? Underneath, everyone is like, Fuck that show! I just go. Like, wait a minute here. Yeah, where did uh, this? Where, where did this anger come from? I know. What is this? And it's not so much that people don't like Seinfeld. There are lots of shows that I don't like, and and sure. everyone's well within their rights to not like Seinfeld. I don't have to socialize with them because I don't want to socialize <laughs> with anyone who doesn't like Seinfeld. Uh, I'm kidding about that, of course. But the fact is, I mean, the big takeaway was. Holy shit, you can't say anything these days without it turning into a shovel fight. And that was the thing that was most disturbing about it. Because, I mean, here I am posting something that was upbeat, positive about a beloved show. I mean, Seinfeld was in the top three in the ratings for five of its nine years on the air. And so you figure (laughs) you mentioned something favorable about one of the most popular shows in the history of television. Well, of course, you're going to get a round of applause and people are going to go, yes, exactly. We 
all love right. Seinfeld. Instead, it was like, fuck him and fuck those people, and they yeah. all yeah. fucking suck. I was just blown away by the, the vitriol, and I guess I shouldn't have been. I guess I should have expected it, right? It's like, well, it's we've gone back to this. It's yeah. it's like uh, the Long Branch Saloon or whatever it was called on Gunsmoke. <laughs> uh, it's every... Every day of Donnybrook, yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, and that's what that's what our lives are like now. That's what politics mm-hmm. is like now. Uh, you know, I've been looking again this week. It's not wouldn't call it a fresh subject, but I've been looking again at the division of America and yeah. how uh, very solidified and very nearly fifty fifty it is when you get right down to it. And yep. uh, that's part of that's part of the sort of hopeless feeling uh, th- mm-hmm. that I've experienced because and the other and that leads to the other. Uh, realization the other reality yeah. that uh there donald trump has a clear path to re-election in 2020 i'm uh, afraid of the same thing it's not a lock and he, and here let me let me let me bring you even more into my depression <laughs> uh, nancy pelosi we have nancy pelosi saying no no he's not worth impeaching yeah. uh you know the 2020 election will take care of it and as much as I respect her, and I do, I, I think she's very clever. <laughs> is that what's this bothering is your, you? Your, your depression music is a, what I'm playing. Yeah, thank first. you. It, uh, seriously, this is, and she's bringing a knife to a gunfight. I know. Uh, it, 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 you know, this is not fighting at, at their level, and you have to fight at their level, I think, at this point uh, because of the way things are. I, I can't believe that. You know that she still hasn't pursued that. That she's still saying, yeah. uh, "We'll take care of this in 2020." Will we? Will, Will we? we really? Yeah. When yeah. you look at the numbers, are you sure? Yeah. Would you? Would you? How would you feel if you didn't pursue impeachment and he did get elected in 2020? How? How are you going to explain that? Well, here's you how know, you. So, here's yeah, how you right. explain it. Uh, too late. That's how you explain it. Too late. The damage has been done. We can go forward after he wins re-election, but he's already won re-election, and the impeachment process could fail. So we could be stuck with eight fucking years of Donald Trump. And just to give you a sense of how precarious things are on that front, I mean, the latest polling, uh, there's a a new Emerson poll that shows... uh, uh, the only one who has a handy lead above Trump is Joe Biden. Biden 53, right. Trump 47. Right. That's Biden plus six. You know, you look at the uh, continue down this Emerson poll. Uh, Harris loses to Trump, according to this poll. It's Trump plus two, Trump 51, Harris 49. Sanders wins by two points. Uh, Elizabeth Warren loses by two points. Pete Buttigieg loses by two points. And These are he, virtual ties, basically. It, exactly right. But, but yeah. I mean, you, you look at Donald Trump and you see everything from Jeffrey Epstein all the way back to, to Russia and you go, my God, how could this possibly be happening? Happy Fourth of July weekend, folks. Uh, this is so disturbing. And then there was the uh, Washington Post poll showing Trump at his highest level, according to that poll, at 47%, according to the Washington Post ABC mm-hmm. News poll. Right. What the fuck is going on? And really, you, I, yeah. I, there's no way to explain it other than to say, holy shit. God damn it. Oh, man. It's just a, a real slap in the face this week, a reminder yeah. of the importance of this election. This has been said before. I don't know if people grasp this idea. So those listening, please do what you can to spread this 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 understanding of the fact that Democrats don't just have to win in 2020. 
they have to win big. Yeah. This yeah. this is we we got to go nuts uh to get this done because of the gerrymandering, because of the electoral college, uh because of so much more uh because of the polls. Uh we're uh, Democrats are at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, you have to overcome that. Yeah. You you you've got to come from behind and and win this. And uh, that requires a Herculean effort. Yeah, and about, going back to Nancy Pelosi for a second here too. I wanted to add that uh her attacks on the uh the four women in the House of Representatives who are actually fighting uh seems mm-hmm. completely misplaced and, and inappropriate. I, I mean, I Rashida so. Tlaib and uh AOC and Presley and all the rest of them, they're actually standing up to Donald Trump. I mean, I don't agree with everything they have to say. I don't agree with everything in the Green New Deal. In fact, we had this conversation right, with right, uh, right. with Bruce Bartlett uh, on the interview show last week. A great interview. you got to hear Bruce Bartlett on the show. But, uh, you know, we had this conversation about the Green New Deal, and I have mm. to give them props for standing up and taking a fighting posture, putting on their give war faces. Yeah. But yeah. I want to see I want to see the Democrats war faces on, for God's sake, against this guy. Because, That's again, the with, yeah, again, the, the, the things keep stacking up. I mean, he's in the process yeah. now of defying the Supreme Court on the citizenship question. He's defying right. the Supreme Court on. Uh, well, he's certainly going to defy the Supreme Court when it comes down to subpoenas and other things. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> my my God, what is it going to take to, to see the Speaker of the House take a fighting posture against this guy and not completely try to undermine what the Democrats are doing? Any Democrat who stands up to Donald Trump is somehow, according to Nancy Pelosi, off base and weird and fringy. And that is not the case, or at least it shouldn't be the case. Well, I mean, and she does the same in her own way. She yeah. wants everybody to do it her way. And and, and again, I, you know, she's clever. She's experienced. Yes. She's successful. Uh, I don't question any of that. I have the utmost respect for her. I just happen to think she's wrong about this. Because like I said, her gambit is, uh, we'll get him in 2020. Well, what if we don't? Yeah. Well, because there's a very real possibility that we wouldn't. And are you, are you really willing to, don't, isn't there enough already to impeach the guy? Isn't there beyond enough already? A small example, and maybe part of the problem is there, our lives are made up of these small examples now. But on, on the Acosta uh, thing, the prosecution, yeah. uh, the, the labor sec, Trump's labor secretary, uh, and the Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein case, uh, you know, uh, Nancy was tweeting, uh, oh, he's got to resign. And I, and, and I responded, I replied to her, and I said, this is normally what a speaker would say, or this is what a speaker would have said in the old days before Trump. Yeah. I said, we need we need a leader for the Trump era. Mm-hmm. Hashtag impeach Trump. <laughs> I, I think, I, I you know, I, she's, uh, it's, it's like, and I'm not thrilled with this analogy, but it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's, she's underarmed for this, yeah. I'm afraid. And uh, like I said, what if 2020 comes and we don't win? I there was a time. I, I mean, uh, why why is Buzz panicking now? There was a time <laughs> that I thought that uh, you know this was a shoe in. Yeah, voting him out of office was going to br- be a breeze. Uh, there was a time when I thought impeaching him before that date was going to be a breeze. Yeah. Well, that's you know, the first one uh, doesn't appear it's going to happen, and the second one is in is in doubt, is threatened. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah now I'm feeling a little panicky. 
and, and uh, you know, I that's why I say impeach now and uh, vote your ass off uh, in November 2020. Yeah, and my concern is that the polls are fueling Nancy Pelosi's stubbornness on this because the polls yeah. really aren't yeah. there yet. I mean, she's looking at the poll numbers and going, well, a lot. Right. There are a lot of Democrats who just don't want to make any waves here. They're just really many, pragmatic about the impeachment question. And and right. And how many times do you and I have to say, have to remind people that uh, public sentiment in Watergate didn't swing either until yeah. after the impeachment hearings started. That's which right. Means you have to start the impeachment hearings for no. that to happen. Now there is a chance. It's a little bit of a long shot, but there is a chance that public sentiment could begin to move uh, this coming Wednesday yeah. uh, or a week from a week from tomorrow, I should say, uh, when Robert Mueller testifies uh, for Congress. Now, even if he doesn't vary from the script, he just reads the thing. Uh, that's something because uh, Congress will be hearing it. Many in Congress will be hearing it for the first time. Certainly many Americans will be hearing it for the first time. And that's a good thing. Uh, you know, if he doesn't vary from the script, uh, will his lieutenants testify? Maybe they will. Um, it, will he take the opportunity to clarify certain things that seem muddy to the rest of us? Uh, will will Republicans make asses of themselves or will they succeed in discrediting as planned uh, the Mueller investigation once and for all? And, and will Democrats behave uh, in a prosecutorial, uh, sophisticated manner? Uh, and uh, be very careful to avoid politics. Well, you know, uh, uh, make sure you've got plenty of popcorn at 9 a.m. <laughs> a week from tomorrow, because this is this is these are the things we're going to find out. And if we hear more than just the Mueller report, or even if we just hear the Mueller report, um, maybe the needle will begin to move, and maybe 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 that will change things. I I don't know though. He, he seems he really does seem more Teflon Don than ever. I, you know what, too? I really feel like Nancy Pelosi, with regard to uh, the impeachment process and what we're going to hear from Robert Mueller next week, uh, if there is some sort of endgame where she's waiting for that trigger, she's waiting for the Robert Mueller mm. trigger to occur before she proceeds to the next step, I wish she would at least give those of us who are following along a little bit of a wink and a nudge at the same time to let us know that she's maybe leaning in that direction, but she hasn't given that impression mm. at all. Mm. In fact, she's yeah, she of, does. Yeah. She does. But, but the question's been raised. Is she doing that to sort of lead us on? Is she doing that to placate us yeah, that's true. as she continues to pursue the same strategy? Good question. Don't know the answer. That's one possibility. Yeah. And instead, what I think we, she's doing is uh, repeating right wing talking points about people like AOC <laughs> and Rashid to leave and all the rest of them it's just uh it's immensely frustrating and i just i wish she would get her war face on and start to behave as if even if it's just posturing just she's afraid as if, yeah she's afraid she's afraid afraid she's afraid of you uh, losing that moderate ground yep. you know she she's clinging to mediocrity at any cost mm -hmm. uh and and uh this isn't a time for that History will note that this wasn't a time for that. Yeah. I, you know, and again, bless her heart, I, I think she's wrong on this one, and this one's really, really important. I think she needs to take an approach where she kind of stops worrying about what the center is going to do. I think the center is going to come along no matter what. I mean, what choice do they have? Are they just going to go, oh, yeah, fuck it, we're voting for Trump? No, it's not going to happen. 
It's no, not going to happen. No. I don't think those Obama voters who flipped to Trump last time are going to do the same thing again. I honest to God no. don't believe that that that's going to happen. And the reason I believe that is because Trump has been president or will have been president uh, for almost four years at that point in time, where it wasn't the case the last time around. It wasn't the case in November of 2016. Yeah. They didn't know that he wasn't going to pivot. They didn't know that he was going to be a perpetual train wreck in the White House. Um, so I think their enthusiasm for bouncing from Barack Obama somehow to Donald Trump in that election uh, that that can't possibly happen again. Uh, You're right. You're right. And he's lost and he's lost women uh, for various reasons, not the least of which are environmental, uh, which is why Trump was uh, claiming great accomplishments on the environment uh, the other day in a a series of bald faced lies uh, because he's trying to win back the moms in the suburbs and millennials who are concerned about the children uh, and the water they drink and the air they breathe and and uh, the the future uh, and and health of the planet uh, and and that's starting to cost him uh, so he's got a lot of vulnerabilities but they still have they still have the electoral college uh, that we still have the gerrymandering and we have some damned, uh, dug in and enthusiastic, uh, Trump supporters. Yeah. Uh, we, we face some tough, tough hurdles, uh, and we can't get complacent even with, uh, we can note these encouraging things that we see, uh, you know, what you talked about, what I talked about with the women, uh, we can note those things, but we mustn't rest on them, uh, because there's uh, major, major hurdles to, Cross. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just going to be there's such potential for there to be a disaster going into uh, this election and I'm just <laughs> always look on the bright side of life. I know. <laughs> I, I yeah, but I mean I'm really hoping that it's over quickly. Uh I mean I, no matter what the outcome is. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. I'm just, I'm at this point Send now where. the dying man. Yeah, where we just now had the first person drop out. Eric Swalwell got out, and now Tom uh-huh. Steyer is is stepping in for some reason that defies explanation to me. But so we're still such a long way away from uh, November 3rd, 2020. Um, oh, yeah. That, that it's just, it's immensely frustrating to me because of the stakes. I mean, again, I've never. Mm-hmm felt this way going into an election before i've always been enthusiastic and 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 really look forward to sure. a president set in election. on politics set in on politics yeah this is again about saving the freaking democracy that's right this is stuff is it's coming for i don't know if anybody's am i the only one who's noticed things are coming apart at the seams <laughs> yes i mean they are. i don't i don't i don't think i i am uh you know well would it be a good idea to fix this probably yeah. uh maybe we should do something about that and Again, whether it's impeachment or an election, I just, you know, my, my fear all along is can we make it to an election? What might he do between now and then? What might happen between now and then? And now, on top of that, the fact that uh, based on the numbers, based on the latest polls, he could win another four years. God damn it. Um, yeah, and then I'm looking at Democratic voters and I'm seeing a lot of people who are going, who are artificially conflating People like AOC with the Democratic presidential candidates. Like somehow these two things are related. And because, oh, AOC has been demonized by Fox News Channel. You know, we we keep letting and that's another thing. We keep allowing the Republicans and the Trump people to set the narrative. We keep allowing them to establish all these. uh, Well, they keep demonizing all of these words. You know, you can go back uh, decades to their 
demonization of the word liberal all the way through now, where they've just turned a bunch of prominent Democrats into cartoon characters and weirdos, mm-hmm. not even conscious or aware of the fact that they've got the most supreme weirdo on the planet sitting in the White House with an R after his name, for God's sake. It's just it's uh, it's so who, immensely yeah. Who who enables them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly right. Hey, by the way, a, a weirdo in the White House who thought there were airports in the Revolutionary War. You, you had a joke about this earlier, but I mean, my well. God, this clip of audio! Holy God! In June of 1775, the Continental <laughs> Congress created a unified army out of the Revolutionary forces encamped around Boston and New York, and named after the great George Washington commander-in-chief. The Continental Army suffered a bitter winter of Valley Forge, found glory across the waters of the Delaware, and seized victory from Cornwallis of Yorktown. It's not of Yorktown. It wasn't Cornwallis of Yorktown. It was in Yorktown. So he's just starting into a train wreck already. Our army manned the air. I said he has no idea. He has no idea. And he claimed his teleprompter went out. His prompter did not go out. It did not. It was a lie. It was a lie. Of course it was a lie. It ran the ramparts. It took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. I want to go back. Because you you get to the point where he starts to say airport and then Mm. and then doesn't say he says, yeah. And then yeah, later, right. and then later, he goes, airport. He says airport clearly a, a couple of seconds later. But the funniest part about it to me is when he goes, the airport. <laughs> That's called losing confidence in the middle of the bit. Yeah, yeah. of the Delaware and seized victory from Cornwallis of Yorktown. No, our army manned the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fun. That is fun. I hadn't heard it quite that closely. Our army uh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's saying some halfway through the word, he knew it was wrong, uh, but he went ahead with it anyway. It's almost uh, uh, Chevy, you know, it's, it's like Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. I had, a little. I had I had guitarists tell me when I was uh, you know messing around with the uh, ukuleles and guitars, uh, <laughs> performing performing guitarists told me. Listen, you get to a note you can't play, just skip it. Just skip it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you know, shit. And so that's kind of what he did. He saw a note he wasn't going to hit. He just kind of, you know, uh, kind of skipped it. Man the <laughs> Well, here's what I've learned so far. Uh, George Washington's middle initial was C for Continental. George Continental Washington. And Cornwallis, of course, and, was of Yorktown. And, and I just want to add that if you've ever had your ramparts rammed, you know just how exciting that can be. And seized victory from Cornwallis of Yorktown. No, no, no. Our army manned the airports. It ran the ramparts. It took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. Oh. And at Fort McHenry. It's not Fort McHenry, by the way. No one's noticed that. No, it's, it's Fort no, McHenry. It but that time he committed. That time he said airports strongly. Airports, he said. <laughs> yeah, he was he was committed to that one. Fort McHenry, he says. Army manned the airports. It ran <laughs> That's the why. ramparts. That's why. <laughs> it took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. And at <laughs> Fort McHenry, no. under the rocket's red glare, it had nothing but victory. <laughs> Nothing but victory. No one, no one on our side was injured. It was amazing. Thank you and good night. Yeah, who would have guessed that um, 
In addition to your fine, fine jokes at the top of the show, I uh, oh, <laughs> I would have cracked no, up listen. the loudest at Donald Trump. <laughs> things are no, no, things are bad, and that's why the jokes weren't better. If you, oh if, no, the jokes you know, were wonderful. I've, as I've tried to, I've tried to illustrate my state of mind. So, uh, you here's what you should all say about me: He's very brave. That's He's right. Very brave that's to right. do that, considering how he feels. Yes, no, fantastic jokes as always. <laughs> but you know, the Fourth of July. We were talking before the show uh, about how we celebrated our Fourth of July, and yes. and and me, I just sat here at my computer. Uh, tweeting about that, <laughs> tweeting yeah, relentlessly and uh, watching the weather forecast. In fact, I had <laughs> I was like a meteorologist. I had the like the radar maps out and I'm projecting the, where where listen, the storm systems are going to go and trying to forecast. <laughs> I, listen, as your doctor, as your doctor, yes, I you. must advise you not to put yourself in these kinds of stressful right. situations. No, no. You cannot control the weather, Bob. You're not you're not Ditka. You can't yeah. you can't control the weather. You 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 just got to let it got to roll with it. And you know, we, you can have your secret <laughs> hopes and desires, yeah. you know, but yeah, you can't park yourself by a candlelight at the computer and wait for the weather right, forecast right. to refresh. Well, I did step away. I went away and did some things that were fun. And then when I came back, good, he was already good. doing his speech. And as soon as right. I uh, I found the video of the live feed of the speech, I was like, well, <laughs> why is Donald Trump delivering this speech from inside a dunk tank at the carnival? It's, that's what it yes. looked like to me. Like, when do we start throwing softballs at the target to make him drop into the water? That's what I I'm waiting I don't know if it was you or somebody else who said the rivulets of water uh, were on the on the plexiglass were actually the tears of immigrants. <laughs> you know, and right. I oh, mean, God. that's like bitter, you know, bitter and funny at the same time. But I mean, my God, it was true. it was absolutely a campaign event. Let's make no mistake about this. The reason he and did this entire stunt, yeah, we all paid for it. The National Park Service paid for it. They they corked uh, two point five million dollars of the National Park Service, which is right. grotesquely underfunded to begin with. And now we're taking right. money away from preservation efforts, national battlefield parks, national parks and forests, and so on, in order to fund this wank session by the president of the United States who's doing this to promote his campaign. I mean, he mm-hmm. didn't say anything campaign related in his remarks, but he didn't have to because the video of that event is going to be recycled and shown over and over and over again in every single Trump ad and campaign material, all the rest of it. He is going to spend every rally between now and November 3rd, 2020, screaming about how wonderful it was and how patriotic he was and how the clouds parted. I can just see him doing this now because he's done it before the clouds parted the sun came out even though it was nighttime the sun came out and then we had the beautiful blue angels and then you know and then the crowd's gonna go nuts and they're gonna have their screech fests and then he's gonna say something along the lines they wanted me to not do it in fact they came up to me and they went sir you shouldn't do this sir there's gonna be lightning sir no i think we ought to do it i think we ought to do it we need to take the chance for america for patriot sir He's going to do the whole sir bit. Oh, my God. Remember that episode of Larry Sanders where Hank Kingsley gets to host the show? And he, <laughs> yes. And, and his, his, his predilection for being an asshole like multiplies times a thousand after he's uh-huh. done the show. I'm familiar with the phenomenon, yes. Yes. Well, that's going to be the case with Donald Trump. It's going to be. <laughs> hey, now. He's just yeah, not he going to shut up. He, he has already said that he will, uh, you know, do this again next year. Yep. Uh, so, but what you have to understand is in the run-up to the 2020 election, 
this was a chance for Trump to pose next to tanks. Yep. Uh, uh, taxpayers paid millions of dollars, uh, perhaps $100 million, uh, to uh, have those jets fly over uh, to shut down that much traffic for two hours at uh, National Airport. Uh, to, uh, you know, to, to the, the everything else involved except for the fireworks which he got donated. Uh, but the cost of transporting the tanks and, and flying those planes and the fuel and the manpower uh, necessary for this to duplicate the, the uh, an already great 4th of July that I enjoyed very, I thought PBS had a hell of a show, which I just recorded. I had a great night out, but then the next night watched uh, the PBS show, which I thought was amazingly good surprisingly good yeah, well, uh, and it was completely separate from trump's thing we didn't need trump's thing it was like you said a photo op at a hundred million dollars taxpayer expense one of the things i noticed as i was obsessively watching all this the pbs thing reminded me of it uh is that uh i went to the website that has the washington monument webcam set up ah, where you can look yes. at the live feed of what's going on at the national mall mm -hmm. well it was so shocking to discover that that <laughs> webcam had been mysteriously shut off for the event. I seem to think that maybe a particular president of the United States was a little worried that we all see his impotent wang in the middle of the National Mall and we'd all laugh and make fun of him. Well, fortunately, yeah. he had some people show up. And that was the, I mean, I'll just be perfectly honest about this. When I came home, I was out and I came back right in the middle of it. I was within the first five minutes of his speech or so. So I saw most of what he said. But right. as soon as I came back in, Kimberly goes, there's actually people there. There are people there. And I, I look at the video feed and I go, oh, shit. Where did these, where did all these people come from? This, this is the level of enthusiasm among Trump supporters that you, we yeah. cannot forget. In, yeah. in addition to not forgetting our disadvantages, we mm -hmm. cannot forget the enthusiasm of these folks. Uh, that's why I think, uh, again, impeachment now, uh, yeah. election later, uh, and then, like I said, uh, vote your hearts out. Well, you know, I have another clip of audio I want to play here in a second because America needs to laugh. And I want to play yes, this, <laughs> this clip from Fox News Channel at that bar <laughs> in France where they all start chanting, fuck Trump. It's a brilliant, brilliant piece of audio. But before we dig into that, I got to uh, tell you about something, Buzz. I got a, a new product here, a new sponsor for the, really? for the show this week, or starting last week, in fact. It is oh. Plexiderm. I don't know if you've tried or heard of the product Plexiderm, but it's a cream that you put under your eyes. If you've got eye bags or eye wrinkles around there, you put this cream on and like uh -huh. some sort of miracle, the eye bags disappear. I don't know how this works. When we first got our sample here at the house, Kimberly and I were kind of fighting over it, not just because, well, we want to see how it looks. I wanted to see how quickly it worked. And so uh -huh. we, we both wanted to do the experiment, right? So we, we both put it on. We almost had like a race to see whose uh, eye bags <laughs> would disappear more quickly. And it was about the same. It was about the same length of time. So it was kind of an anticlimactic ending to our oh, little I was hoping for race. A, I, was, I was hoping for a clear winner, but I'm glad it worked for you both. <laughs> That's right. It was too close to call. That's right. Uh, in honor of the next election. Uh, but I mean, here's the thing. I mean, a lot of people like to put... Uh, Hemorrhoid cream for some reason I, under their actors under their eyes? used to do that. Yeah, so the story goes. Yeah, 
probably not a good idea to put some form of antihistamine under your eyes uh, on an ongoing basis. It's kind of dangerous. And that, ain't, and that ain't the half of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a way better solution. Of course, yeah. that solution is Plexiderm. And I'm not talking about days or weeks or months for this to work. It's not something that you start using and then maybe kind of sort of six months down the line, it'll suddenly show results. Plexiderm works in seconds. It's clinically studied and uh, visibly eliminates under eye bags and wrinkles in just a few minutes. Did you hear that? Minutes! The science behind Plexiderm is incredible with clinical studies to back it up. If you look older and tired because of crow's feet, wrinkles, or under eye bags, you can look younger in just minutes with Plexiderm. See for yourself. Watch a real video with real people and see how fast crow's feet, wrinkles, and under eye bags vanish. Those results are backed up by Plexiderm's 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Go to triplexiderm.com and use coupon code SEXYLIBERAL. Two words, SEXYLIBERAL for my discount. That's triplexiderm.com with the code SEXYLIBERAL. Or call 1-800-685-1292 and mention SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. The Bob Seska Show. Another song by Chris Walla. This in my hand. Well, it does not understand. Formerly of uh, Death Cab for Cuties, Chris Walla from his Field Manual album. Link in the description. It's great. Submit your music to bobseska.com slash music. We just uh, rolled out another indie music countdown. Yeah. On uh, Sunday, Sunday night. And in fact, what I'm trying to do is I'm putting together the indie music countdown as its own RSS feed, as its own channel on uh, iTunes. Oh, I think that's brilliant. I told you, I think a couple of weeks ago, I said, just just put on all the shows end to end and listen to them, and that's your that's your music for the day. I love the show. And, and you know what? This latest uh, indie music countdown, in fact, had some yeah. some incredible music. I mean, they, it always does. I mean, we always well, yeah. have uh, some some amazing songs on the saying. show. Yeah, but this time around, for some reason, all the songs just rose to the surface, rose above the surface, <laughs> and were just fantastic. And we're getting all kinds of every time. By the way, every time I say fantastic, I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's fantastic. It was just so fantastic. And it was really just, I, I had so much fun putting together the Indie Music Countdown this time around. So hopefully we'll be on, uh, what is it called now? Apple Podcasts? It's no longer iTunes? Or, I, I guess. Yeah. I've, I've been out of town. <laughs> I, I don't know. So uh, meanwhile, the USA women's soccer team won the World Cup again. Yes. How about that stuff, huh? Yeah. One of these days they're going to let someone else win. But in the meantime, I'm happy to have it. The best thing I saw on Twitter about this was a man posted that his four-year-old son had asked him, Daddy, do boys play soccer too? <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Isn't that isn't that a 2019 question? That isn't really, that, really I is. I mean, that's not from any time prior to this. No, 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 no. Here's no. such a thing. So that's kind of encouraging. By the way, before we get too far away from your shows, uh, let me say that I, I had a chance over the break to listen to you on the Tuesday show with the Goth Ninjas. Oh, the Goth Ninjas, yeah, last Tuesday, filling I, in for you. I I can't decide who I have more of a crush on, uh, Jody Hamilton or David Ferguson. 
<laughs> and 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 I, I think I favor David because, and it's just uh, barely, but but I think I favor David because I, I I call him David. I don't call him T Rex. I respect that he's T Rex, but to me he's David. <laughs> he's David. And That's and right. and Jody Jody would would have an edge if she wasn't uh, so in love with Charles Pierce. That's right. Who, see who she who she refers to with the kind of reverence reserved for. Uh, Randolph Scott in Blazing Saddles. By the way, <laughs> sp- yes. speaking of Charles Pierce, Charlie Pierce, I am yes. trying to get him on tomorrow's interview show. I've been trying Charlie to do this. I've been trying Pierce. to work this out forever to get Charlie <laughs> Pierce to actually lasso him in. You know, he may be uh-huh. somewhere outside. That's all I know at this point because I've asked him have and you, he said, "Have you checked Jody's house?" <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's just he's in the shrubs outside Jody's house. Just we're lurking around, spying, stalking. Uh, you know, I or asked the other him, way around, maybe. right? Right. I mean, I asked him if he wanted to do the show, and his response mm-hmm. was, "Can you do outdoor cell phone interviews?" And I said, "No. What are you? Are yeah. you insane? No. Of course." I said, "Yes. Of course we do that. In fact, every time we have Malcolm Nance on the show, he is somewhere like on the run, <laughs> on the lamb, going to the mattresses, like hiding, running out, doing things, chores, do- walking the dog, arriving at the airport. <laughs> it's always fun to find out where Malcolm Nance. Where in the world is Malcolm Nance? <laughs> and uh, in this case, it looks like Charlie's going to be out and about too. But I haven't received confirmation on that yet. So the the whole Wednesday interview show now hangs in the bow. It's all hinges, up to Charlie Pierce. Hinges on a cell phone call. <laughs> but but I, I did want to say that if you're a regular listener of the Tuesday show, and we appreciate that very much, Yes, listen to Bob on Thursdays when uh, when Jody and David are here because it's kind of a magical combination. And I, I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the show. I don't always get a chance to listen because, you know, I'm doing stuff. We all are, but <laughs> but, but uh, I, I really, I really was blown away. I enjoyed it very much. Not me. I hate those shows. <laughs> I listen once in a while. I'm just like, that's yeah, not for me. Um, in all seriousness, uh, Jody wore her Goth Ninjas Unite t-shirt on the Stephanie Miller show this morning. I posted a, yes. a, a screen grab of it on uh, Twitter. So make uh-huh. sure if you like uh, Jody Hamilton's Goth Ninjas t-shirt, Go to bobseska.com slash store, buy some of our crap, uh, including the Gotham Ninja t-shirt. You know, I'm, I'm also working on a uh, Indie Music Countdown t-shirt, and I'm going to make it almost like a good, concert good. shirt with like all, a list good. of all the names of the bands that we play on the back. And, uh, and so, so we'll be re- releasing that sometime soon for no one to buy. Um, okay, <laughs> up next, Fox News. Okay, this guy on Fox News Channel. Uh, this is, uh, again, America needs to laugh and Fox news is here to help us in that regard. Uh, guy went to Fox news, sent this guy out to uh, France to cover the world cup and he right. was in a bar and he starts reporting from the bar and people start chanting, fuck Trump. They spoke English very well. I thought, yes, they did. When they said, fuck <laughs> Trump, it was man. Very fluent. clear. Yeah, very exactly. clear. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't think any Americans know how to say fuck Trump in French, although I think it's probably just fuck Trump, isn't it? <laughs> probably. Probably. I think it's a worldwide language, universal language. That's right. Well, here's uh, here's Fox News Channel the other day. It has just been made, Arthel. We are here in a sports bar in Lyon, France. Here's, listen to it. We are in a sports bar. We were going to be outside. We were going to be looking at a screen uh, with the football tank game there. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> Boy, he's tenacious. Yeah. He is tenacious. Yeah. He wasn't going to stop that report well, he for was anything. It, it, doing two things there. One, he was trying to talk continuously enough to try to cover up just in the hopes that yeah. uh, what they were chanting wouldn't get through. And then the other part of that was he was trying to uh, ditch the blame. He was saying, right. we were supposed to be outside. We were going to be outside. Now we're in here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I love is at first he thinks that they're actually just cheering for him. Like the, the word uh-huh. fuck is actually Fox News. And so he was thinking, oh, here they go. They're cheering for me. Fantastic. Fox Let's hear News it. Fans. And oh, yeah, sh- oh shit. They're, go- they're saying fuck Trump. God damn it. Um, and then apparently oh. <laughs> I, I read this the other day that this is one of the reasons why Trump was lashing out at Fox News Channel on Twitter. Could be. Could be. There were several things yeah. going on that day. I mean, uh, Fox had had done a number of things to piss him off. I, I hear that what it was was their publication of the New York Times story about uh, the latest story about the uh, dreadful conditions at the migrant yeah. uh, camps. That might, well, kids, that might be kids in cages. <laughs> but the, so there was that. But there were these other little and and of course the uh, the, the the reports were out about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh and, uh, yeah, Trump Trump's name kept get men, kept getting mentioned in that context. So there was a lot of stuff for him to be pissed off about uh, that that weekend. But I certainly would count this among that. Can we be perfectly clear about this now regarding Jeffrey Epstein? If Democrats are caught up in this, if Mm -hmm. if Bill Clinton or whoever else is caught up in the Jeffrey Epstein child rape ring is basically what it is. um, So be it. My God. I mean, is there anyone around who is going to go hey you know what let's not look at bill clinton it doesn't matter of course of course it would matter if bill clinton turned out bill clinton was a client of jeffrey epstein and was having sex with underage girls who were kidnapped and forced into uh, in some sort of awful human trafficking ring Uh, i mean my god you know then that's see that's one of the differences between uh republicans and democrats is democrats police our own yeah. We, if you have any doubts about that, call Al Franken. Yeah, exactly. Or Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey or John Edwards, well, for that matter. They, or Anthony Weiner. Well, here's a, another example of how Donald Trump has just become completely and totally normalized. Is that yeah. seems to oh, me yeah. as if this particular case and Donald Trump's relationship with uh, Jeffrey Epstein should be generating that take to the streets thing. Like, my God, Donald Trump yeah. might be linked to this human trafficking ring where underage girls are forced into sexual scenarios with all of these uh, millionaires and billionaires and whoever. Um, it's another reason to be ashamed that he's still in office. I don't yeah. know that we can go get him on something that might have happened. Uh, oh, would it surprise any of us if it were true? No, not a bit. Uh, and and that's the saddest thing, of, part of this, of all. Uh, but, but at the same time, uh, I, I think Trump threw... Uh, Epstein was never a member at Mar-a-Lago, but Trump did ask him to leave the premises and not return in 2007 when another guest that Trump valued, perhaps even more... Uh, complained that his 13-year-old daughter had been propositioned by Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> so Epstein, now that's 2007. What did they yeah. do the math? That's 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they, as, uh, to our knowledge, they've not had any contact uh, in the 12 years that follow. Likewise, uh, with Clinton, I think it's been over 10 years. And I think he, uh, you know, hitchhiked on, on Epstein's jet for some uh, Clinton Foundation uh, business. Uh, and, uh, you know, but again, he, even in his case, it's been a, a very long time. It's possible 
that neither of these men did anything. It's possible that both of these men uh, were involved. Uh, you know, I, I, but I don't. And, and and what we should take to the streets about is that we have the type of president who we would hear this sort of thing about and go, oh yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You're absolutely right about that, and that's the thing. But but again, we're all going. Well, of course, yeah, whatever. What's it's, next? That's that's about right. Yeah, yeah, it's about normal, and and that's exactly the point. It is normalized at this point, and that makes all of this so much harder. And all of this was predicted, and you just feel like you feel like Eddie Albert on Green Acres. You feel <laughs> like you're the only guy. You're the only sane person, and that you're surrounded by this insanity. Yeah, this a- this Alice in Wonderland upside down world. Soylent green as people. That's what we're we're screaming, oh, yeah. and uh, and and we seem to be the only ones. But I mean, look, article after article. It was a Bloomberg piece, in fact, quoted this. Epstein is quoted in court papers as saying he wanted to set up his modeling agency, which prosecutors yes. believe he used to get access to underage girls. Quote the same way Trump set up his modeling agency. Mm-hmm. Which again calls attention to Trump's modeling agency. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot Good. of overlap. And there. and really, knowing what we know about Donald Trump, is there any doubt whatsoever that there were underage girls at Trump's modeling agency? Of course there were. And of course Donald Trump was scamming on them, just like he would walk into the Miss Teen USA pageants backstage with the girls in various mm-hmm. states of undress. This is how he acts. I mean, there is video clip after video clip. I just saw one the other day of Donald Trump from, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, talking about how uh, young Tiffany Trump, he's hoping that she has nice boobs, but he doesn't know yet because she's still a little girl. And my God. And, my God. and had her mother's legs. Had, she, he, yeah, he did say yeah. that this baby daughter had, had his, has her mother's legs. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a weird, there's a weird attention. And, you know, and it's been pointed out too. And I tried to track this down this morning. And other than Kentucky, I, I can't find the others, but... In multiple states, Trump campaign chairs, state campaign chairs for Trump, in yeah. at least three states, Kentucky being one of them, have all been uh, hit with uh, sex charges. And you look at the other people around Trump, uh, you know, the massage parlor owner, and it, and it just goes on and on and on. And you, you think, well, it, yeah, it's, this is all pretty circumstantial, yeah. but there sure is a truckload of it. And again, it, it, this, you and I are talking about it. Uh, people are concerned about it, uh, but not enough. I, I don't know. Cause nothing ever changes. Nothing ever gets yeah. done. Uh, and, and, uh, Nancy says, wait till 2020. Eh, it sounds risky to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, Donald Trump hired Alex Acosta to be his labor secretary. And Donald Trump has not once condemned Alex Acosta for putting together that plea deal for Jeffrey Epstein, uh, however many years it was. And in fact, you know, he was asked about that. He's laying low, yeah. Yeah, he was asked about that today. And of course, he didn't really uh, condemn Alex Acosta too. And you would think, my God, if that was the case with Barack Obama. Let's say Barack Obama's labor secretary, who I believe was Robert Reich. No, Robert Reich. I'm taking it back. uh, Robert Reich was Bill Clinton's labor secretary. But uh, let's just say... Let's just say for the sake of argument that it was Robert Reich. Can you imagine if Robert Reich got someone off for uh, sex trafficking and Barack Obama hired Robert Reich to be his labor secretary and then we find out that this all went on. I mean, can you imagine the torches and pitchforks outside the White House from the Tea Party and all the rest of them? 
Obama was black. That's different. That's true. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. In and fact, he, and, and 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 he can't be uh, he can't be the Little Mermaid either. <laughs> That's right. And fuck those people, too. If you're so fucking racist that you cannot handle the concept of a black woman playing the Little Mermaid in a live-action Disney movie, you really need to sort out your priorities in life. I mean, You know what I can't handle? I can't handle someone playing that role who doesn't have a tail. <laughs> And she doesn't have a tail, goddammit. Not qualified. If you don't have a tail, you are not qualified for that role, period. I am a tailist. That's what I am. I am discriminating against people who don't have tails. Um, but, I mean, look, as you talk about priorities, my God, Donald Trump was tweeting today about something he saw on Fox News Channel about the Pledge of Allegiance in Minnesota. How nice sure. it must be to be able to prioritize nothing stories and make them into worldwide scandals. Ungoddamn right. believable, these people. And, you know, it's, again, another example, going back to the Little Mermaid thing, another example why I haven't started down the road of doing, like, a movie pop culture kind of podcast because I just don't want to deal with those people. There's just this thing now. <laughs> Yeah, it's just stay out of that. Stay out of that and stay out of sports. This is, this is my advice. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned sports because Bruce Bartlett and, and I, I don't talk same, about guns. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Bruce Bartlett brought up the old sports thing in a favorable way insofar as at least in sports coverage, they respect statistics. They respect math. They respect things that are just universally accepted. I mean, if you see someone's, uh, I don't know what, home run record, if you see batting someone's average, batting right. average or something, no one's going, ah, that's fake news. Of course of course, it's not. But anyway, so that's a, a bit of a sideline. But, but regardless, yeah. Trump said he feels very badly for Alex Acosta. Oh, so sad for Alex Acosta. Oh, see, that's that's just a red flag right there. Yeah. You know, this guy is on no level of qualified uh, to be president. And... And I can't believe that it continues to be tolerated. I know I'm not alone in this. I know there are people listening saying, no, I can't believe it's being tolerated either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet uh, days and weeks flip by on the calendar. And uh, I guess as we stumble toward 2020, uh, you know, and, and just and just hope everything works out. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, sometimes it feels like that's where we are. And, and, and what if it doesn't? I just I don't know. I don't I don't know what I would advise people if it doesn't work out. I just get the sense, Buzz, that the Republican Party, no matter who it is on the Republican side, the cable news media and the Sunday shows always grade them on a curve. We've but come to, like so many other things, we have come to accept that which is not real, yep. that which is not true. Mm -hmm. It is not true that the, the press is fake. It is not true that the press has a liberal bias. Yeah. Just because you stand up for the Constitution and, and the law doesn't make you liberal. Uh, it, 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 you know, and it, it is the job of journalists, if you'll just look it up, uh, to challenge government, to yeah. uh, keep an eye on government, that it's doing its job. And as a, a voter who wants to be informed, as I know you do, uh, you'll, you'll pay attention to it. That message is just lost now, and I don't know how you get that back. I don't know how you ever get back credibility for the news media, especially with it all splayed out as it is now on, on the Internet. Uh, is, I guess the, is that just lost forever? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, this is a very concerning thing. Yeah, and in fact, if you want to see a great example of how the Republicans get graded on a vast, vast curve, 
Go uh-huh. check out Mark Feeson's reaction op-ed to Donald Trump's 4th of July speech, where he just said, oh, God, this was an amazing piece of work. The president and his patriotism and the world you events, or the national successes that he detailed. It was like, it was a speech written in part by Wikipedia, for God's sake. It was like, oh, let's just copy and paste what Wikipedia says into yeah, some badly. sort of vague... Badly. 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 Yeah, badly. Copy and paste it with a faulty computer of some kind. But Mark Thiessen writes uh, a thousand words yeah, well. in the Washington Post about how wonderful and patriotic it was and how all of the president's critics are beclowning themselves by criticizing it. It's just like, good God. I mean... It, it, and this is another thing. It pisses me off that newspapers, in their feeble effort yeah. uh, to try to air, quote, both sides, mm-hmm. uh, have columnists like Mark Thiessen and uh, Hugh Hewitt uh, who uh, just spout everyday nonsense yep. uh, in into the paper, uh, and and I mean it, it is nonsense uh, to the point that it it confuses and muddies what a paper stands for. I've seen people get angry at the New York Times for something that that uh, one of these conservative journalists, one of these conservative columnists, that they keep on board to try to look fair. Uh, some they that one of these idiots writes something. And people then attack the newspaper, yeah. saying, "See, I told you the New York Times wasn't on our side." Yep. No, that that guy's in there every day. Settle down. Uh, he shouldn't be, but uh, after a while, you just learn to ignore that stuff. Or you, we should. But but again, this is how the water gets muddied by a by a press that's been cowed into trying to look fair by employing conservative. Let me emphasize how much weight, the weight of what you just said, the gravity of of what you just said, because you are you're you yourself are a journalist. You are you and you've been a journalist for some time now, and uh, you have always been someone who provides some sort of some level of deference to your fellow journalists when it comes to uh, covering Donald Trump in particular and uh, and the turn. Uh, in your opinion regarding this has been striking, and I think it shouldn't be ignored. Well, I think people need to take it seriously. Well, I appreciate that. I, I Maybe it's matured and grown. I mean, I think my defense of the media, even the most commercial of it, has been so fierce uh, because of the stupid, uh, groundless attack against it. Uh, it is, somebody needs to stand up for free press no matter how lame that free press may be uh and so you know i want to i guess my first goal is to preserve it uh my my goal now is to scrutinize it and 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 maybe help in some way for all of us to pressure it into doing better i don't know if we'll succeed but it's only fair if if it's the media's job to call out the government then it's the people's job to call out the media yep yep well here's two examples of uh what we're talking about here i mean on on one hand you have donald trump today was asked uh about uh, jeffrey epstein and alex acosta and this was his response well i knew him like everybody in palm beach knew him i mean people in palm beach knew him he was a fixture in palm beach uh, I had a falling out with him a long time ago. I don't think I've spoken to him for 15 years. Uh, I wasn't a fan. I was not, yeah, a long time ago. I'd, I'd say maybe 15 years. Uh, I was not a fan of his, that I can tell you. I was not a fan of his. So, By the way, you can tell he was lying because he said that I can tell you. Whenever he says right. that I can tell you, that's another tell that he's lying. That's a tell. Yeah. Uh, I feel very badly actually for Secretary Acosta because oh. I've known him as being somebody that works so hard and has done such a good job. I feel very badly 
about that whole situation. But we're going to be looking at that and looking at it very closely. No, he's we're not. also going to be signing a big that. contract in a little while. So we're going to see okay, you. Yeah, whatever. Um, and yeah. You, you don't hear anyone calling for follow ups. You don't hear anyone interrupting him from the press pool. There's a great example right there of just. Oh, let's just hear what this liar has to say again and again and again. Um, yeah. Where on the other hand, on the plus side, uh, Brian Karam. Once again, I, I interviewed Brian Karam last month on the interview show. Uh, one of the best of the White House press corps uh, today <laughs> as... Uh, I, I forget exactly who Donald Trump's guest was at the White House. And uh, Brian Karam started shouting out to Donald Trump in this particular circumstance. He said, right. did you ever party with Epstein in the presence of underage girls? Which, of course, is exactly what all these people should have been asking Donald Trump inside the Oval Office as they were right. sitting there and as Donald Trump was captive before the entire White House press pool. As many people as they, I don't know how many members of the press were there. But someone should have asked this question instead of Brian Karam having to wait outside at Pebble Beach, which is that that section of the White House where all the press is set up, and then having to shout it out to Donald Trump, who's maybe five or six feet inside the what? Just unbelievable that there aren't more people Uh, asking these questions. Yeah, I mean, again, I I don't want to defend everything because, no, I absolutely agree that the, the, the press needs to be more forceful and ask these very basic, simple questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and there's no get in. Uh, listening to the tape that you just played, he, he never takes a breath. There's no chance <laughs> to ask him. And, and and you'd not only be interrupting the president if you were to, to butt into that, you'd also be screwing up the soundbite for your network and all the others. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. And, and, and so they don't, they try not to talk while he's talking. And he never took a breath. So there was no opportunity that i heard in that clip yeah to get a question in now uh, that doesn't defend i think that explains that moment but it doesn't explain the overall trend of not asking these simple direct questions mm-hmm. uh, when there is a space to do so and there are uh, usually spaces for that uh, so i it's yeah it's very frustrating and i know i know they're trying i i know some of them are uh but and and again i think the best journalism is being done by uh, the New York Times and the Washington Post, uh, occasionally others, but mm-hmm. mainly those two sources. Uh, again, my concern is it just doesn't seem to be doing any good because of uh, the, the the hit the the press has taken. I mean, on one hand, yeah, the the press has got uh, serious serious flaws. It remains, however, one of our few friends uh, as we try to demand uh, maintain democracy. Uh, let's not alienate it let's try to reform it let's try to let's try to get our friends sober and uh and and see and see if we can help each other out uh, because uh, you know i destroying it uh it will not help us and will not help our cause uh, yeah so yeah. i i want us to be careful and and again you know i mean it was one of the reasons i'm i was hesitant to turn and fire on nancy uh at the beginning of the show because i hate the circular firing squad that we so often uh, do in the democratic party. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to turn on her, but I see stakes that are very high. I see time running out. I see, uh, uh, every day, a threat, uh, to, to this country. And I just think the, the risk is too high not to take action and, 
and and to trust that everything's going to be fine after 2020. Yeah, because I'm not so sure. Well, you know, we're gonna we gonna take a break here in a second, but um, I, I was gonna say too. I think when it comes to the circular firing squad, as long yeah. as we keep our criticism contained to the issue, you know, because there's a, a habit among Democrats. This is one of our many flaws. Mm-hmm. We tend to take something purity. like maybe yeah purity. We tend to take something like Nancy Pelosi refusing to uh, mm-hmm. to go down the road of impeachment and in fact criticizing some of the people who are and we go ah Nancy Pelosi she's a sellout burn her, asshole. Burn her. She, she, kill her she's an awful burn her. she's a witch yeah. yeah yeah exactly but instead of just saying you know what she's really really wrong on this and she and, and yeah. pushing her yeah. on this one thing without categorically rejecting her and burning her at the stake that's right. where that's what we get wrong you, if you keep your criticism confined to the issue fine that's the way it ought to well, go and I think, and I try to do this. I mean, this is not the first time I've replied to Nancy or, yeah. or retweeted with a comment uh, to something that she'd said or done. I like to occasionally remind her that uh, there are those of us out there who who think impeachment should proceed. And, you know, if other people thought that, too, they could do the same thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's take one last break. We have a, I think we have a right. little bit of breaking news here that I want to get to. Oh, so one, one last break, and we're going to wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. Your love is like a tidal wave Spinning over my head Drowning me in your promises Better left unsaid You're the right kind of dreamer To release my inner fantasy This is uh, Jen and Mike Farley. Jen Farley of the Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets and Mike Farley of the Mike Farley Band. Also a music manager who's been sending me lots of great music. Thank you to Mike Farley. But this is uh, their new EP together, Husband and Wife EP. It's called Cover to Cover and covering right here uh, Pat Benazar. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so this... gin in my chocolate. (laughs) I know, you got chocolate in my gin. Damn it. Uh, Two two great tastes that taste great together. Um, They do. Yeah, this breaking news from Politico. Apparently, Christopher Steele was interviewed in London by Justice Department officials, I think the FBI in particular, Uh while Trump was over there for the G20, something along those lines. Uh, Yeah. They talked to Christopher Steele, and the investigators found him to be credible. 
Here is uh, the report from uh, Politico. The extensive two-day interview took place in London while Trump was in Britain for a state visit. Uh, I guess that wasn't the G20, but uh, right. uh, sources said, and delved into Steele's extensive work on Russian interference efforts globally, his intelligence collection methods, and his findings about Trump campaign advisor Carter Page, who the FBI ultimately surveilled. The FBI's decision to seek a surveillance warrant against Page, blah, 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 is chief focus of the probe by uh, this guy Horowitz. Uh, the interview was contentious at first, the sources said, but investigators ultimately found Steele's testimony credible and even surprising. The takeaway has irked some U.S. officials interviewed as part of the probe. They argue that it shouldn't have taken a foreign national to convince the inspector general that the FBI acted properly in 2016. Steele's American lawyer was present for the conversation. According to Reuters, Inspector General Michael Horowitz, that's the Horowitz, found uh, that's uh, that's what everyone calls him in the government. Everyone says, oh, that's the Horowitz. Oh, you you know, don't mess with the Horowitz. Uh, found Steele's testimony compelling enough to extend an investigation into whether the FBI acted properly by using the dossier to obtain court permission. Uh, And it's amazing I can read this at all because this excerpt on uh, Raw Story is bouncing all over the place because of all the ads. (laughs) Well, I I thought you did very well, actually. Thank you. This is interesting because it comes at a time that Republicans are are going to try to attack, especially when Mueller testifies, yeah. uh, to try to attack uh, the the nature of the Mueller probe and its yep. basis and all of that. Uh, so this this could be helpful for that. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, my reaction to this is obviously. I mean, they're going to look into this. Bill Barr and and Donald Trump want to investigate the investigators, and what they're going to find is the same goddamn thing that everyone involved well, in this maybe, probe was I credible mean, and was doing a. Was doing their level best to uh, to stay above boards and to do the I right thing. Don't so. be, don't assume that they're going to accept reality any more than Barr accepted reality of the Mueller report. <laughs> uh, if he twisted the Mueller report, he can twist this too. Ah, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> so See, thank I'm you. Just now a, I want to kill myself, Buzz. Now I, I'm a bowl of sunshine today, aren't I? <laughs> Don't be alarmed. Go back to your home. Right, right. Well, I mean, the last thing I'm going to talk about here is Barr has unrecused himself from the Epstein case. How he convenient. he re- Yeah, he recused himself initially, and I guess Donald Trump blew a gasket. And oh, sure. Convinced yeah. him to, to, to unrecuse, which is... Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. Nothing yeah. suspicious about that behavior. Yeah, I, I obviously, this is not in any news report that Trump had anything to do with this, but it should be obvious to those of us who observe this shit. I mean, especially all the shit that Donald Trump has been screaming about Jeff Sessions after Jeff Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. So it makes perfect sense that Donald Trump would go bananas and and order Bill Barr to unrecuse himself, which, of course, Bill Barr, with his face buried way up between Donald Trump's ass cheeks, is going to go, is going to go like this. Of course, I'll, I'll unrecuse myself. And then Donald Trump's like, what did you say, Bill? I'm going to unrecuse myself. See, because Bill Barr's face is between Donald Trump's ass cheeks. between the cheeks, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Although Bill Barr's cheeks look very much like Trump's ass. so it's That's true also, and... One more of those here today. Um, okay. nice, I like the new band, by the way. Congratulations <laughs> on the new band. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Barr also said that Trump can ignore the Supreme Court. And good news, so did Steve Ducey. Steve Ducey said... Oh, well, then that settles it. <laughs> it's a Trump. If Steve Ducey said it. Trump literally quoted Steve Ducey this morning on Twitter about... Uh, defying the Supreme Court on this. Ducey needs to go back to Wichita and cover pancake races. (laughs) 
you know, old ladies who have potato ships in the, the shape of Abraham Lincoln. Those kind of stories. Yeah. That's what he was really good at. He just needs to stay away from important things. Stick around for the post-mortem show. It's, a, it's our version of VIP seating. <laughs> anyway. uh, by the way, the post-mortem show can be found on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show or bobseskashow.com. Either way, it'll get you there. And if you sign up for five bucks a month, you get the post-mortem show, which is uh, us continuing to talk about things after this music is done playing. Where most people, things? the show ends for most people after this music is over. But if you're signed up for our post-mortem show at our Patreon page, you can keep listening. There's more stuff, more things. Meanwhile, Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com. It's the best hour of news you're going to hear all week. And, of course, he was on vacation last week, and so I assume this week's Buzz Burbank news and comment is going to be a barn burner. Probably, probably be three hours. <laughs> three hours of <laughs> depressing news. Yeah, so tune in. <laughs> All right. Uh, Meanwhile, the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network can be found at sexyliberal.com. That is the Stephanie Miller Show, the Stephanie Miller Happy Hour, Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker Podcast, Randy Rhodes' After Hours Show, Dean Abadala's I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend, Sanity with John Fugel saying The Final Word with Frangela, and, of course, The Great Root Pundit. Oh, and uh, also Proud Resistor. He does a show there, too. Meanwhile, David Ferguson is at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Kimberly Johnson is at patreon.com slash start me up. She interviewed the great Vincent D'Onofrio on yesterday's yeah. show. I'm not making that up. I know. Vincent D'Onofrio was on our telephone for about an hour cool. and a half yesterday. So it was a, it was a great, great interview. Talk about acting techniques, Vincent D'Onofrio's roles. They even talked about some body image stuff, too, which uh, D'Onofrio's struggled with on occasion. Huh. Definitely want to go listen to that. All right, that's the show. We'll see you on the post-mortem show coming up next, folks. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. 